0: Hello and welcome everybody to The F1 Show, I'm your host Stefan G and you're tuning into episode 27, F1 in the News. Daniel Ricciardo says it was important for him to understand that Red Bull did not pick Honda Formula 1 engines for 2019 just because things had gone to shit with Renault. Ricciardo has yet to commit pen to paper over a new Red Bull deal but is expected to remain with the team for its switch from Renault to Honda next season. Asked by MoroSport.com if he was completely convinced by Honda, Ricciardo said I think probably until I was to drive a Honda I wouldn't know 100%. I've obviously heard the team out more than once and they've given me the reasons. The important thing to understand for me why they've done it, it can't just be purely on emotions, like it's gone to shit with Renault, whatever, and we're doing it because we want to change. They've obviously done their homework and they strongly believe that it's a good thing, not just on an emotional decision. They've done what they can to try and encourage me to make it happen. Red Bull team principal Christian Horner said Ricardo did not really need much convincing about Honda. He said, We sat down and explained the rationale behind the changes we made. The reality is, it's time for change. We've been doing the same thing year after year, we've seen real progress with Honda, and it just feels the right time in our evolution to be going a different route. Red Bull's junior team Torso has been using Honda engines this year, and it was the Japanese manufacturer's combustion engine upgrade in Canada that sealed the deal for the senior outfit. However, Toros' driver Pierre Gasly complained during last weekend's British Grand Prix that Honda was costing the team almost a second in straight-line speed. Ricciardo downplayed the impact this would have on his fate in Honda for 2019, saying after qualifying, well, I would say we're losing something similar with Renault. His teammate Max Verstappen stated on multiple occasions that the Renault engine was casting Red Bull a second around Silverstone, calling the deficit in the race tragic. Renault's inability to match Ferrari and Mercedes since F1's turbo-hybrid era, Began in 2014, has been a constant frustration for Red Bull and its drivers. The French manufacturer introduced a new high power mode for the Austrian Grand Prix, but Ricardo played down its impact. I keep a baseline chill and I don't get too excited, he said. It's easy to be disappointed if you think it's going to be that good. If it's better, it's better, and we'll take anything we can, said Ricardo. Robert Kubica believes his return to Formula 1 testing last year was misunderstood by people who considered him something mega and did not realize he was effectively a rookie again. Renault handed Kubica a test in a 2012 Lotus last year which led to him driving its 2017 car in Hungary and subsequent outings in 2014 and 2017 Williams Machinery as the pole bid to lend an extraordinary Grand Prix racing comeback. Those tests did not end in a race for Kubica but he did bank a Williams test and reserve driver role which meant in Spain he returned to Grand Prix weekend action for the first time since the end of 2010. Speaking on F1's official podcast about his returning to testing F1 cars last year, Kubica said People thought I would jump in and would be 2010 driver. Well, probably with a 2012 car I could do it, said Kubica. It was so similar to what I knew. The worst is, in Hungary I couldn't use anything I know from my past. It's like a debut. You put a rookie driver in the car with the history of one of the top drivers when he was racing. So you pretend he's something mega, but he is a rookie because I was a rookie. Kubica said his one lap pace was less impressive when he first started testing again because he didn't know the tyres but, but this will come naturally. He reckoned his long runs were strong enough to convince him he could have scored points had he raced the Renault a week after his Hungary test. Kubica said he felt he was very fast when he appeared in first practice at Barcelona earlier this year and said that was very important for people who thought in Abu Dhabi testing I was missing a second when he last out on a Williams drive to Sergei Sirotkin. The 33-year-old thinks he's a better driver in some ways than in 2010 and believes he is not lacking performance. Because of my limitations, it's not enough that I do the same as the others, he said. I have to do more. To do more, I have to have time in the car. That's why it was so fundamental that when Williams offered me a road this year that I have some time in the car. Kubica said his goal remains to land the race it in F1 next year. With who, I don't know, he said. It's becoming more natural. Motorsport we often forget, is a sport you need to practice, you need to do it. It needs to become natural at like drinking a glass of water, you don't put extra attention to drinking water, it's the same thing," said Kubica. ex Formula one world champion Jacques Villeneuve does not believe his former team Williams will improve this season and fears it is dead. Williams has scored 4 points in 2018 all from Lance Stroll's 8th place finish in Azerbaijan as it has struggled with an aerodynamic stall at the rear of its FW41 that is causing high-speed turning instability. Its rookie Sergei Sirotkin is the only driver yet to score a point in 2018 and last weekend Williams had to start both cars from the pit lane after abandoning a new rear wing that triggered fresh aerostalls in qualifying. As he saw Williams improving this year, the team's 1997 world champion Motorsport.com, No, the team is dead. There is no management, there was a choice back then in 2013, you either put the Harris or the Hare in charge. And they put Claire instead of Jonathan. Who runs Williams Heritage Division? Big mistake. Obviously, just look where the team is at now. Claire Williams assumed the role of deputy principal at the start of 2013. And though Williams went on to score just five points and finish eighth in the Constructors Championship that season, it also announced a Mercedes engine deal for 2014. That helped Williams score nine podiums and a pole position and leap to third in the championship, its best result since finishing second in 2003. It finished third again in 2015 and fifth in the two seasons since. But Virgneuf believes the top of the pyramid is completely blind to where the team is at. You have to admit that you are screwed, said Vernyv, who left Williams a year after winning the title. I don't know how it can recover, I just don't see it. If you have two drivers without experience, that won't help, not in a team like this. Though Veneuf thinks Sirotkin is lucky to be in F1, even if it's in the worst team, he suggested he has sympathy for Russian and added. With Lance there and the family, the politics, you don't learn anything. Williams hired ex-Ferrari man Dirk De Beer last year as its head of aerodynamics, shortly before former Mercedes head Lowe joined as chief technical officer. De Beer left the team since the start of 2018, though, along with chief designer Ed Wood, and the team is still undertaking a full evaluation of its internal structures and processes in its bid to recover. Williams declined the chance to respond to Vino's comments when approached by motorsport.com, but last weekend Williams said he had already identified weaknesses within the team as well as on the FW41. As you go through that analysis invariably you always find other fires that you've got to put out said Claire Williams at Silverstone last weekend, it's probably been a very useful exercise from that perspective to go through that process and identify all your weaknesses. That's going to give us an opportunity to actually make greater steps forward. The completion of Formula 1's triple header last weekend should kill off a stupid conspiracy theory that was surviving despite mounting evidence it was nonsense. When Pirelli announced it would make tyres with a 0.4mm thinner thread for the races in Spain, France and Britain to avoid blistering, some considered it a move to help Mercedes after the champion team experienced problems during pre-season testing. Suggestions of favouritism emerged particularly prominently during the Spanish Grand Prix weekend and returned in France and Britain with Mercedes Lewis Hamilton on pole for all three races and winning two of them. But Pirelli's modified tyre was introduced after all the teams were affected during preseason according to its F1 boss Mario Isola. Barcelona and Silverstone were resurfaced over the winter and those tracks would now generate a lot of grip that put a lot of energy through the tyres. This would not wear the tyres physically but would drive surface temperature up, causing blistering and Pirelli considered that Paul Ricard's smooth high-speed circuit would also leave it subject to the same problem. I'm sure we were not far from blistering at Silverstone City solo of last weekend's British Grand Prix, with standard tread we probably had blistering. With this reduced gauge, it was probably to have a real race looking at the real performance of the car without any external effect that was changing the balance. Sebastian Vettel tried to try the normal period tires in the post-Spanish Grand Prix test in May, and admitted Ferrari would have been worse off in the race without the modified rubber. While France was not a problematic race for tyres, in Britain Vettel struggled with his front left and felt vulnerable to Mercedes Valtteri Bottas at the end of the first stint and again as the second wore on. Ferrari's vulnerability at Silverstone could be linked to its car's upgrade floor and diffuser, which boosted overall performance but may have also stressed the tyres more. Car setup has a significant impact on how teams prevent or trigger blistering and Vettel experiencing some difficulty at Silverstone is similar to Barcelona, where Ferrari trialled it's new rear suspension for the first time. In Barcelona it was very important to have the test after the race to show that we didn't make this change to give an advantage to anybody, Isola says. Sorry to say, it's stupid, we're supplying everybody, any team that is winning a race is on a Pirelli tyre, there is no real advantage for us to give support to one or another. The bottom line is teams that are supposedly kinder on the tyres than Mercedes should not have suffered problems when the tyres were tweaked to handle that better, evidently this was not the case. Priority's modified tires were only planned to be used for those three races, so the non-issue should finally be over. If they do return this year or next, the Conspiracy Theory should not re-emerge with them. <laughs> Renault Sport Formula 1 boss Cyril Abitabou believes Grand Prix racing would benefit from an aggressive co of races that reduces the calendar to as few as 15 races. F1's calendar matched its all-time high of 21 Grand Prix this season, including an unpopular maiden triple header. There have been suggestions the season could feature 22 or 23 in the near future, with new races targeted in the United States and Asia. Abitibu told Morosport.com, we need to be able to engage with fans, but it has to remain something special, we're already way above what we should be, the figure for something special. We need to convey a message of pride, of motivation, of energy. With the calendar that we have now, the enthusiasm is not the same as when we were only traveling 15 times per year. If we don't have that energy, it is going to be very difficult to convey that externally. It is almost becoming routine. It should not be a day-to-day job, we've tipped that balance, so we need to be extremely careful. I appreciate the reason why, commercially we need to grow the calendar, but as far as I'm concerned I would be for a massive contraction of the sport." Abitebu said, between 15 and 18 races would massively increase the value. If you were to go very aggressive and say 15 races, we have to tell the 21 races we have right now. Look guys, there are going to be six of you that will be dropped complete he added. You completely reverse the pattern of the market. It would be very interesting to see the reaction. I understand it would be a gamble that it is not something within the current setup of Formula 1 that requires more money every year, more people, more tracks, more prize fund, more of everything. But at some point there will be a crunch time and maybe we will see if we can switch the balance some of F1's smaller teams have suggested they would need proof of a commercial gain to support an expanded calendar. Hassin principal Günter Steiner said, To go to races costs us and F1 I'll have a lot of money. So they need to make sure we have income as well, not just expenditure, he said. Just growing it for the sake of growing it, there is no point. The balance is between 20 and 22 races maximum. Going over, there is no return for it. Forcing the owner Vijay Mallya said the well-being of staff was his major concern. More races mean more revenue and if I can have one and a half, one and a half or two races, two race teams I get paid by Formula 1, I'd certainly consider it, he said. But if things stay the same, then I think more than 21 races and these triple headers are just too taxing for engineers and mechanics and all those involved in the race team. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the F1 Show, and as always, until next time my friends.